how should the Aggies approach the quarterback position going forward for the rest of 2022 on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for joining us. I am joined today by my good friend, Cameron Honesty. Cameron, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> coming off of, you know, Alabama and everything else to get a couple days to, you know, unwind and kind of look at look at the game from a more in-depth perspective and just got to move on. We got the bye week and you know, so we've got a second half of the season coming up a couple weeks. Absolutely. And one thing that happens a lot during the bye week is there's a lot of recruiting that takes place. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. And Cameron, we're going to take a similar approach to our weekly podcast together today, and we're going to go through the five things that we learned from AM's 24 to 20 loss to the, at the time at least, the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. And this is an article that you wrote that is going to be up at aggieswire.usatoday.com. Check out Cameron's writing and mine there as well. And it starts off at the top. And the heading says, quarterback Haynes King showed toughness and grit, but it's time to give Connor Wegman a shot. Tell me about Haynes' performance against Alabama and what it says to you about his outlook moving forward and why that makes you think it's time to go to the kid. Well, it's kind of like I said um, in the short kind of excerpt when I was talking about it, it's that from the naked eye. And if you're a media member, that's not focused on Texas A&M and you're, you're really kind of looking at the game from just a um, just that kind of basic perspective of number one team facing, you know, a team who's, who's, you know, underperformed all season and they got, the guy who got benched and he's coming in and, you know, he throws for, you know, well, let's just say Haynes threw for over 250 yards and two touchdowns and only one interception. And so when you look at that from the stat line, you think, okay, that guy had a great game and man, he it was just, you know, unlucky at the end. It just, it's just how it worked out. And Alabama has a really good defense and they just kind of stuffed him at the end and that's why they lost. But, you know, you and I both were kind of messaging throughout the game and, and, you know, we're watching what everybody else is watching. We're watching, Haynes King was tough as nails in that game. And I mean, he, he showed he was getting beat up all day against, you know, a defensive line uh, that was composed of guys like Will Anderson, Dallas Turner. I mean, veteran defensive linemen and linebackers who, you know, these are guys who are going to go to the NFL and start right away. So and this is uh, a quarterback in Haynes King who started two games this season, was benched after the Appalachian State loss. Um, obviously was sitting at the, on the bench watching Max Johnson take over. Max gets hurt against Mississippi State. 
he's the first guy to be called up because of his experience, because of the fact that, you know, he's had, he, he's played already this season. And look, I, I, I'm, I was not really encouraged at all going forward with him. And mainly it has to do with the same kind of mechanical issues, his pocket awareness issues. The fact that, you know, we talked about his speed, especially, and we we're talking about he always four, four runner. And, there were times when he was trying; he needed to escape the pocket when pressure was coming. Pressure was coming all night because the O line just really couldn't keep up with some of these defenders. But um, it, it, there were just moments where I'm thinking, "This is not the guy that we were sold on," and we knew that from the Appalachian State loss, which is mainly why he was benched. But I think a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of a lot of the fans and everybody say, "Well, you know, he actually had a pretty good game." And I can say, "Look, yeah, from." From a standard perspective, yeah, he he brought them back. He made the throws at the end on the in the fourth quarter when they needed they needed to get down to score or give them a chance to score. And you know he did everything a quarterback's supposed to do. But there were still moments in that game where where touchdowns were left on the field. And specifically, it was a it was a seam route to Moose Muhammad that he threw that he threw the ball way too high. Moose had to catch it with one hand. If it would have been more accurate, that was a touchdown. Those are points that when they're left, you know, on the field, you you have no chance to win those games. And you and it came down to the final seconds that he had to get down there when Alabama gave them everything. He gave them every chance to win that game. The defense forced tur- four turnovers. But there were just moments that Haynes just did not deliver. But again, I get I get why people see it, <laughs> his performance and go, well, I feel a lot better with him going forward. It's just. You and I both agree on this. When you look at their schedule going forward with South Carolina after the bye, and that's always a very tough game playing in Columbia. Um, you go home, you play an Ole Miss team that we don't know how highly ranked they're going to be by that time. And you're fine. You're returning to Kyle Fields. It's going to be loud. I mean, the fans are going to be there. And you have six games basically in front of you, which are very winnable. But what is hindering that chance? The quarterback position. And that mainly has to do with Haynes King. We have heard... We heard this week early that he might be hurt, and we don't know that, and we're not wishing that at all. I'm not saying that, but it's just one of those situations where if you have Connor Wigman, who we have heard all summer and from Jimbo Fisher himself when asked how talented he is, how ready he is, he understands the system, he's just kind of waiting in the wings. And I'm just I'm just thinking to myself, you're three and three. College football playoff is out the window. Oh, you know, you but you still have a lot of games left to have a very good season, have a better season than you did last year because 2021 Texas A&M team went eight and four. And so this team has still has a chance to go nine and three. And I'm sorry. I just think the best chance to do that is, is give Connor Wiggum a chance to show what he has. And to be honest, if Haynes is healthy and Connor goes out and doesn't perform well, then you go back to Haynes King and that's just how it is, but not giving him a chance right now, especially when, we see on the defense all these freshman defenders are get, are being given so many snaps and opportunities, and some of that has to do with with uh, injuries. But still, they're showing what they have, and I want to see what Connor Weeman has, and I, I just think it's the right time to do it. Yeah. So my perspective on the way Haynes played and the way you, I mean, we've gotten to the point now where we've got basically four and a half, close to five games worth of Haynes King that we've seen on the field. And the problem for me is in every, basically every situation, you wind up with hesitation. You wind up with hesitation in decision-making on, you know, getting through his progression on 
a pass play. And, and maybe he's through the progression fast enough, but you see Haynes double clutch almost every pass, you know. Um, and even on – and I mentioned this before, and it happened again uh, in the Alabama game. Even on read option handoff play, the ball handling on a, on a handoff, he's holding on to the very, very, very last second. Like, I'm just not sure, I'm just not sure, I'm just not sure. And then by the time he makes up his mind – any lane that would have been there for him or any lane that would have been there for the running back is gone. And it's the same thing on so many of these. And, you know, a lot of Jimbo Fisher's offense is built around shotgun, three-step, five-step, traditional drop-back passing game. Read through a progression of, and a lot of the routes are conversion routes, you know, option-type choice routes. And it's designed for the route to allow the receiver to make the offense right, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to waste a route by a wide receiver by having that guy run a route, a post route into a post safety or something yeah. like that, or have a guy you know run a corner route into a cover three corner or something. Mm-hmm. They, they have it built where those guys can make decisions on the fly. The problem is that guy has to be on the same page as the quarterback and the quarterback has to be confident enough in what he's seeing to get the ball out on time or else the whole thing winds up looking like it's looked for basically every bit of Haynes King's starts. And when you combine that with giving up a, a pressure rate of over 50%, you're going to wind up in trouble in the passing game. And it really stood out to me finally. They finally took some hard play action deep drops off of the play action, ran a couple of two or three man concepts to attack levels down the field and allowed him to just drop back with plenty of room between him and the front of the pocket and let him set his feet and throw the ball down the field. And it looked really good. Yeah. The problem is, is that a, it's hard to believe that Jimbo Fisher is going to completely shift his offense to be a running game, hard play action, passing game. Um, type of offense after you know Jimbo Fisher's been running this offense for 30 years right (laughs) Uh, and and like he said he believes that the plays are there on the field for them to be made and that and they're just not being executed what that tells me is he knows his quarterback's not getting the ball to the guys that he needs to get it to on time even if he's making the right read he's just making that read too slow and so going forward towards the end of this, the year, they want to be able to finish strong and they want to be able to have momentum going into 2022. I think that Jimbo is going to look back at what happened in 2021 and what happened in 2022 at the quarterback position. And at some point in these next six games, whether it's going into South Carolina, which makes a lot of sense just because of the bye week and all that kind of yeah. stuff, some extra time or after the Ole Miss game, you know, for the last four games of the year, or at some point in the second half of this year, he's going to go, I need to get Connor Wigman in these games so that I can know for sure going into fall camp and so that he can show everybody in this program and everybody associated with it that when we roll into fall camp of 2023, he's the guy. Exactly. Because yeah. because we've had too many years where we've had these quarterback competitions 
between nobody who between guys who have had no real opportunity to show it on the field and it's just turned into a disaster at the quarterback position. Yeah. And we've got to evolve away from that. We've got to give Connor the chance to show it now and then come into 2023 as the guy ready to team up with these young receivers and I mean, let's just be honest. This whole thing revolves around recruiting, and we're going to talk about our recruiting sponsor here in just a second. They're having a tough time in the 2023 class at the skill positions. A tough time. (laughs) And because of that, and a lot of it is because of the way the offense has performed. Like if you're – and yes, Evan Stewart's gotten to play a ton. Chris Marshall has gotten to play a lot. The, I mean, Donovan Green, the young tight end's gotten to play quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're a young five-star, four-star wide receiver and you've got the opportunity to go to Alabama and play in that offense or yeah. to go to Ole Miss and play in that offense with Lane Kiffin or to go to USC and play for Lincoln Riley or something like yeah. that, you're going to choose that <laughs> over coming to A&M 199 and a half times yeah. out of 100. <laughs> And the only way that that changes for the 2023 class is if sometime between now and December the 13th or December the 10th, I need to learn exactly what day signing day is. I know it's the you know the second week of December. Yeah, it's, it's around that time. <laughs> yeah, I, I know approximately when it is. I promise you, I'll know it when it whenever it comes. <laughs> yeah. But sometime between now and that second week of December, you have to show these guys, these kids, exactly that. We're going to move the freaking football, and mm-hmm. we've got the dude behind center who can do it. Because I yep. promise you, Hakeem Williams, he's not flipping to come play with Haynes King. Like, <laughs> no offense to Haynes King. Extremely yeah. gutsy performance, like, you know, limping around the whole fourth quarter, driving him down the field, gutsy throws. Mm-hmm. But these guys aren't signing up to come play with Haynes King. Yeah. And – I mean, you're not flipping Zachariah Branch off of USC, off of Lincoln Riley to come play with Haynes King. You need to put Connor Wigman on the field and say, this dude is that dude. Come play with him for the next two seasons, and we'll put you in the first round of the league just like we're going to put him in the first round of the league. And, yeah, so (laughs) you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's the thing. And I didn't want to go too much into the kind of dire recruiting straights, but that's that's exactly right. And this is the thing. We we know what Connor Weedman can do. We have watched his high school tape. And that, and I had someone, you know, message me the other night, you know, asking me about well, what happened to that Haynes King we knew from the Elite 11. Guys, Elite 11 is fun to watch. And, you know, sometimes this quarterback nobody knew about wins it. And then you think, oh, that guy's the next star. It's just a competition. It does not tell you that this guy is going to go to to the university he chooses and just ball out immediately. And so it's not that people were wrong on Haynes King. It's not that we were all like extremely just like, you know, completely wrong in his scouting and his evaluation. But it, it is what it is. We, but we know what we have in him. And I'm going to tell you this. If he is the starter against South Carolina, Ole Miss – those defenses are going to be kind of laughing and going, well, we know how to defend them. We know how to defend against this guy, and we know their O-line, and we know he's not quick out of the pocket. That's a big thing, too. The quickness factor, okay? That was the thing that that, that was hindered, and, and we didn't see any of that, especially escaping. 
And I'm and who has that? Well, Connor Wiegman does. There's just every advantage there. And I'm sorry, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. You're not trying. You're not trying to. This isn't like last season where you were four and two and you had and you had a chance to honestly still make the college football playoff, winning out because of your win over Alabama. You're three and three. You're looking for answers, and you've got a guy sitting there that you need to develop now. And you need to, and this this affects recruiting 100% because they are going to be watching those big games because we know that that game against Ole Miss in Kyle Field is going to be a big game. And you know recruits are watching. and I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So, Absolutely, absolutely. Another thing that's a big deal <laughs> is that next potential hire that you need to make for your small business. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so insanely easy to go into LinkedIn Jobs and create your free job posting there on the LinkedIn job boards. Then you add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cameron, we're going to hit two of your five things here back to back pretty quick because they're pretty closely related. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start on the offensive line. And that is that true freshman offensive guard Cam Dewberry might work his way into the starting lineup sooner than later. And then expanding on that idea is that the A&M, A&M's an extremely young team, and that youth, specifically the true freshman from, you know, the 2022 recruiting class, really showed their capability and the promise that they bring for the, the next few years in that game against Alabama. Talk to me about the young guys. <laughs> We could start with the big guy, and then we'll roll out to the rest of the 2022 class. Yeah, so Cam Dewberry, and that was that was very uh, that was kind of the surprise. You know, we we knew that the line was going to have to shift most of the night because of the injury to Trey Zune. Obviously, Jordan Moko um, is potentially out for the season. I believe out for the season at this point. And um, we did we we had an inkling what was going to happen, and 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 they did do it. Aki ended up starting at left tackle. Um, I, I don't know if that was his first start at left tackle. It might have been. I I, I kind of heard uh, some grumblings about that, but he did, he did a pretty ad- adequate job. And then they were shifting uh, Matthew Wyckoff, the backup center, to left guard. Um, and then obviously the right side is, was still the same. Cam Dewberry ended up playing a bunch of snaps at left guard uh, throughout the game. Did a fantastic job from what I saw, um, basically just live watching the game. And this was a kid getting great push. He was – yeah, you know, he's squaring his hips. He was, he wasn't getting, you know, he really wasn't getting beat. Uh, I don't know if he got beat once during the game, maybe, maybe a couple times. I don't know if I saw it, but 
this is a kid who just looks ready to to play either in a starting spot or a high end rotational spot. And he was he, he you know he was allotted more uh, after the game from fans and analysts alike than a lot of the freshman defenders who did a fantastic job in the game. So that's really what caught my eye. And I went back and watched the game and I'm not saying this is the next Kenyon green. It is funny that they both went to the same high school and are both from humble Texas and basically they're friends. So that's, that's kind of an interesting little coincidence, but um, it's the body size. He's six, four, about 330 pounds. He's going to add weight. He's going to get bigger. And he just fits that guard. Uh, he has that guard mentality to really just start playing, playing at a high level right away. He doesn't have that kind of freshman bump where you know these guys need to keep working on technique. It, it's just natural with him. And and again, we're we're talking about taking chances here with with A and M right now. That Jimbo Fisher has that in his wheelhouse of look. You know, we're trying to win games, but we're not scared. We're not playing scared. So we're going to take some chances, put some guys into new spots, give them a chance to start, give them a chance uh, on offensive defense. And so when it, for, for with Cam Dubair, I just think that's a no-brainer at the guard position. That's just me. I, I don't know if you want to keep playing someone like Matthew Wyckoff, depending on Trey Zoon's injury, because I think they'd shift Aki back to left guard. But we don't know what the severity is. And if it is kind of a long-term thing, you don't want to keep putting Matthew Wyckoff at the guard position because you need him to be a solid backup at center behind Bryce Foster. So I just think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I just think it's something you do take a chance on because you recruited him. He's a high level play, high four star player. And everything I've heard about him is he's a great kid. He's, he's smart. He's, you know, he's anxious to play. And I love the photo that you say today got of him, you know, lifting Donovan Graham up after that touchdown. You can just tell the, the relationship he has with his teammates and so this is a kid who just fits that AM mentality as well. So I'm very excited for his Im- imminent future. Obviously, the long term, I think he's going to be a great player. So, yeah, absolutely. And and the rest of the true freshmen, you know, Walter Nolan had his best game. Yeah. Evan Stewart, this was really Evan Stewart's coming out party. You know, eight catches for 106 okay. yards. You know, we would have loved for him to get, add, you know, two more yards and a touchdown to that. Uh, um, well. But uh, I would also would have loved for a better, you know, better play, play call in that yeah. scenario. But that's a different topic for yeah. another day. We talked about that the other day. We'll talk about it again, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Denver Harris played, played a lot. All of these guys obviously played a ton, especially, you know, and you talk about it in the article, and we we know this by now. A&M was missing nine starters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, they were down 40% of their off. Of yeah, their they were, the and they were started. missing, um, yeah, sorry to interject. They were missing guys, and I think that's what caught people's eyes. That McKinley Jackson was back in that game, and, you know, yeah. he's their he's their veteran leader on the O-line, and he was he had a fantastic game. It just yeah. showed how juiced he was to come back. But missing guys like Shamar Turner, missing guys like uh, Tamishi Adelier, those are two proven starters throughout the year that, that takes a lot of experience out. That takes a lot of strength and push out. And so you are literally depending on 18 year old kids to give you that same impact. And like you said, I mean, the, the guys who, um, the guys also, the other guys who impressed me the most, Jared Kerr, Jared Kerr from Lexington, Texas. I think he had a sack on the game. He had a couple pressures. That was somebody I did not think was going to play <laughs> really at all. And was really just going to get special team snaps this year. And that was what was most incredible to me is that this class from top to bottom 
has proven how good and special they are. And we've been talking about that, you know, for the last, for the, throughout the summer of that, this is the best class that anybody's ever signed. But in the back of our mind, we're thinking, well, they still have to prove it, right? They have to prove it on the field. They have proved it on the field. And, and Joey, I, I'm telling you, they lost that game and we're all distraught and we're distraught in a way as writers and as fans and as guys who just like, it was that close. You know, we had it, we had that game, but you walk away after a day and think, man, the, the future is so bright with this team. And I think the fact that a lot of these guys are playing at such a high rate, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to have any, any, um, any issues in terms of staying with AM or any, 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 um, grievances going forward because they're getting their playing time, they're proving their worth, and this team is building around them. So that was that was so exciting to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. And along with the true freshmen, there was a couple of sophomores who stood out in a big way. One of them was Fidel Diggs, who you know sack fumbles, you know big time disruption. Another one we're going to talk about on the next segment as we talk about the last couple of things we learned. But first, we got to talk about. The Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? That's right. My favorite flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to build.com and snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or find a really good place to hide them and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Bill Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. Man, they're so good. What's great about Built is that all of these bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's built.com. Locked on 15 is the code. Cameron's having a little bit of network issues. So we'll continue through his article here. I mentioned a minute ago, sophomore Fidel Diggs had a fantastic game. Another guy who had an unbelievable game for the Aggies, who is also a sophomore, first-year starter, Jarden Gilbert, who happens to have the only two interceptions on the season for the AM defense and came real close to another one. This guy was second on the team in tackles with nine, had seven solo tackles, had a tackle for loss, the interception I talked about, and another one that he could have and probably should have intercepted that turned into a pass deflection. He was all over the field and in a secondary that, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time talking over the course of the next couple of days and next couple of weeks that 
this A&M team is going to start looking towards 2023 and beyond. We talked about it with the quarterback conversation earlier, and it also applies to places like the defense. This defensive secondary specifically is going to lose Damani Richardson, and it's going to lose Antonio Johnson, more than likely, both of those guys, next between 2022 and 2023. Somebody is going to have to step into that leadership void and into that playmaking void, for that matter, for the 2023 season. And right now, Jarden Gilbert is positioning himself to do just that, and that's extremely exciting. And when you pair that with, you know, we talked about those true freshmen earlier, one of the guys we didn't mention about in the Alabama game who showed up and played incredibly well in the Miami game when he was forced into duty replacing Damani Richardson is Bryce Anderson. So you've got two young safeties who have got experience now. They're going to build up some more over the course of the second half of the season, and you're going to be able to roll into 2023 with a junior and a sophomore with lots of big-time snaps under their belts, ready to take on the leadership positions in this secondary. And the last thing that we learned from this Alabama game is that this A&M team has what it takes to rebound in the second half of the season and finish strong. And... Yes, they're three and three. Yes, they're one and two in the conference. But, and we've even seen it come out from the team a little bit on social media and the way they've sort of reacted to the game is that they feel like they can play with anybody after they played this game. And yes, like AM beat Alabama last year. And some of these guys, were around last year, but we talked about the fact that they were missing nine starters. And that's nine starters from this year's team. You know, Anaya Smith's not on this team right now because of injury, unfortunately. He was a big part in that win. You know, the quarterback who played in that win, Zach Calzada, he's not here anymore. Kenyon Green's not here anymore. DeMarvin Leal's not here anymore. Isaiah Spiller's not here anymore. Michael Clemens, you know, we could, Leon O'Neill, we could keep naming these guys who are big, huge parts of that team from 2021 that beat Alabama that aren't here in 2022. This game was almost a coming of age moment, it felt like, for a lot of these young, true freshmen and sophomores that we mentioned in the last couple of segments. And the result of that is that they're going to roll into the second half of the season with a renewed sense of of confidence if they needed it, of belonging almost in um, in the in the SEC at this level, and they are also going to believe in what this team is as a whole, not just individually. Hey, you know, I belong. Hey, I'm Evan Stewart. Yes, I can catch eight balls for 106 yards against Alabama. But also, hey, we can drive down the field in a two-minute drill and we can execute. Evan Stewart can make a crazy play. If I'm Moose Muhammad or I'm Yule Keith Brown or I'm Donovan Green, I want to go out, or Chris Marshall, I want to go make a play too so that when he throws a ball to Evan Stewart, he makes a play and now we're really rolling. I want to be a part of this. 
And they're going to have the opportunity to do that in the second half of the season. And they're going to be some big games. I mean, more than likely, we're going to wind up with a top 10 seeded, top 10 ranked Ole Miss team coming to Kyle Field in less than three weeks. They're going to have the bye week. They're going to play South Carolina. And then it's Ole Miss time at Kyle Field. And that's going to be a massive game. It's going to be massive from a recruiting standpoint because it's going to be five or six weeks before the signing day. It's going to be a massive game for a 2023 outlook standpoint of, okay, that Alabama game, that Miami game, that Arkansas game, playing against these ranked teams was not a fluke. We're going to go out and we're going to do it again. If A&M can do that and play really well in the second half of the season, go to a really good bowl game, heck, it doesn't matter if they finish 9-3, and three, finish 8-4, and four, whatever. At this point, the record is, is what the record's going to be, primarily because you took the loss to Appalachian State. If you're 4-2 and two right now, you just lost to Alabama, you lost to Mississippi State. Mississippi State's, you know, the number 16 team in the country right now. That loss looks a little bit different right now than it did, you know, two weeks ago when it happened. But this team has the chance to put together a strong second half, finish the season well, if they can learn how to play and learn how to finish these games, and really roll into 2023 feeling good, especially if, as we talked about earlier, they get the quarterback position figured out. Guys, that is the show for today. Sorry we lost Cameron. We sure appreciate him coming on. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can find Cameron on Twitter at Cameron Honesty. That last name is O-H-N-Y-S-T-Y. You can find both of our writings at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show, Locked on Aggies, on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. And you can find us on YouTube. Please check us out over there. Go subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you get notified every single time we release a new video. And when we do, leave us a comment on those videos. Tell us what you like. Share the videos with your friends so they can tell us what they like. And we can grow that channel. You can also find us free and available, of course, always wherever you get your podcast. And now that you've made Locked on Aggies your first listen, please make sure and go check out Locked on SEC, where host Chris Gordy and the rest of the experts of Locked On take you around the SEC in 30 minutes or less every single day. Thanks again so much, guys. We will see you tomorrow.